self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are a conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point on point on point the nigga that think black people can't be racist it's red nigga calamity red (laughs) yeah that's me (laughs) that's me i'm calamity red damn came in with all kind of weird energy let's see where this goes (laughs) yeah so i'm red we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode we are and you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr m-i-s-t-e-r underscore on point i can be found at red underscore calamity also we are still doing a listener letter portion of the show so if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show you can send it to our gmail account which is conversation con artist at gmail.com or you can find us on facebook conversation con artist and we have a couple a few letters we got some <laughs> we got some letters out here today okay so we're gonna go through these things yes now, for those of you who may not have had an opportunity to listen, we have a British listener named Michael. We do. We love Mike. That we encourage to find him some Laurie seasoning salt. And you know what? <laughs> he responded. We converted another one. <laughs> so I've been meaning to say this for a while, a while now. First off, Laurie's is delicious, though it could use some MSG. <laughs> which i always thought was bad for you but when i looked into it it turns out that one guy said that once in a book and everybody believed him seriously no studies have backed up this hypothesis but this is a great seasoning my sodium intake was shot the whole way up but after salt the ingredient with the largest present in the blend is sugar how many times i've heard red say she can't abide with adding white sugar to a dish i'm afraid this means you may have to switch to regular salt no sir i don't so Here's the thing, and I, maybe I didn't make this clear about my whole sugar situation, okay? I cannot abide by a dish that is not traditionally sweet being sweet. So if the predominant taste is not sugar or sweet, then I'm okay with it. But if it's sweet and it's not supposed to be, like cornbread, for example, I don't want no sweet cornbread. Now, if there... I put a little bit of sugar in the cornbread that I make but it is not the predominant taste it just tastes like bread but when it's like jiffy mix and shit I can't it's too much I don't because it's cake to me that is cake so if the predominant taste is not sweet I don't have a problem with it Lowry's ain't nothing sweet about Lowry's nothing this clears up a lot for me (laughs) it clears up one of Red's inconsistencies with me because she'd be like I ain't nothing with sugar in it and I'm like well everything that you eating over here that you think is delicious (laughs) except maybe one or two things have sugar in them but it helps me to understand that it's about the taste profile if it don't taste sweet but has sugar in it that's different yes so it's okay if cornbread have sugar in it mm-hmm. if most of the taste is corn rather than sugar bread. Yes. So that's you know that's the that's the variable. I don't eat honey barbecue. I don't like the sweetness because of it's it. sweetness. It's the sweetness is the predominant. Yes. So if the predominant taste is sweet and it's not something that I feel like is supposed to be sweet, then I don't want to eat it. So. I can still eat Lowry's. Never giving up my Lowry's. I feel like if I gave up Lowry's, I have to give up my black card. It's always going to be some Lowry's in my cabinet. <laughs> Period. The next 
thing that Michael let us know. Well, this is a second part. Is uh, just listening and wanted to explicitly state that if you ever wanted to dialogue over the other side of the Atlantic, just let me know. I'm good with science, being queer, and knowing about breakfast and scones. <laughs> I'll need to schedule it in, though, as I have an agreement with my wife to spend a maximum of two days a week doing weird creative projects. Aww. A parenthesis, I work full-time as a computer network architect, and I'm also a comedian on this side already. Really? Yeah. Also up for actually featuring if you'd ever want that, but I warn you that I sound super, super British. We sound country and southern, so it's all right. <laughs> I guess we gonna have to see how our conversations work. Like that Michael, I don't know how many times you like have to go back ten seconds to see <laughs> if you can figure out what the fuck we just said. You know, but that's I think that would be a hilarious episode. I feel like we we need to figure out a way to make that happen. I think the time difference is gonna be the biggest variable from here to there. But I'm with it. I think it would be awesome. Plus, I would just like I think it'll be cool to actually like have a conversation with him as opposed to like exchanging messages. Because I feel like this has been going. This has been going on a while now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reality is, it's a lot of people that I want to have on the show. But when we had those episodes with uh, AC Blow and Black Married Fly, we didn't really get the sound quality that we wanted. So we need to find a measure to have a distanced guest that still represents a decent sound quality. Mm -hmm. And I think I found a way to do that. I'm going to practice it with you to see how it looked from your house and recording and stuff. Okay. Uh, but we're going to do that. But I do want to say that uh, Michael and Miss Twisted Tressies, y'all are going to be our first two guests, not together, but y'all going to be the first two people that we talk to on the show from, from a distance in that way about a specific you know, just during the listening letter portion of the show. Yeah. Um. So be looking out for my emails or my communication, and so we can figure out a time to do that. I have questions about some English stuff, so maybe he can. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a lot of questions at that point in time. So, but I mean, I did learn that Brexit, all that shit is blowing up. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just a real bad situation over there right now with Brexit. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like it, nobody can get what they want. You know, basically, Britain want to leave the EU, but they want all of the benefits that the EU have <laughs> by being a part of the EU. That sounds like a Trump. Baby. You know, and the EU is like, not only will we not give you that shit, we're going to make this shit complicated for your ass. You know, and so it, it's, it's been a whole situation, but I can get more clarity from, from you, my, Michael, yeah. in terms of what, what that looks like from from your vantage point of being, yeah. being over there. So that'll be cool. All right, let's go to the next letter we have from Brittany. Brittany. What's up, Brittany? Thanks for sending us a letter. Hey there, I just wanted to write you guys about the 144,000 going to heaven. For Protestants and Catholic and Catholic-based, Baptist, Methodist, etc., if you keep reading in Revelations beyond the list of tribes around verse 9, you will see that there will also be a multitude that no man can count wearing white robes. This has been interpreted that there is certainly more people going to heaven. Some Bible scholars believe that the 144,000 was a part of the prophecy for those remaining at the time of the actual ending. That this is typically sense. where that old, where all the old folks used to say, I want I to be, be in, in that, that number, number, that number that no man can count. Yep. This is one of those typical controversy differences that the various religions debate over. Uh, it made me think of this, um, when the saints go marching in. Oh, how I long to be, be in that, that number. number. I ain't never know what that mean. Well, so I didn't know. So I went to a Methodist 
little country church growing up and that was with the old people like when they would give their testimony oh lord i just want to be in the number i never knew what the fuck they was talking about like i was always just like sit the fuck down so we can go because they do it at the end of the service i'm hungry why you want to do this now <laughs> but that makes so much sense Brittany. like seriously because 144 and what's okay it's not gonna be hilarious but like if jehovah's witnesses <laughs> are trying to be in the number of people that's gonna get left behind and they don't realize <laughs> But that makes more sense to me that it would be the people that are left behind and not the people that go to heaven because 144,000, that number would have been reached a long fucking time before any of us ever came to be. That number would have been reached. That doesn't make any sense. But what Brittany said makes perfect sense. That makes, I can wrap my mind around that. That makes sense. Yeah, it leaves, it gives a lot of wiggle room. It gives like an infinite amount of wiggle room. So now, basically, being a white person in a robe of, of uncountable people. So that gives you more of an incentive because you can get there. Like for me, I cannot be a part of a religion that says it's only going to be one hundred and forty-four thousand people that go. Because I'll be like, well, shit, what are my odds? Look at how many people it is out this motherfucker. My odds ain't good. <laughs> so maybe the hundred forty-four thousand gonna be like officers and shit. <laughs> Maybe they're going to be the ones that can have uh, pistols. <laughs> but they won't be like earth pistols. They're going to be heaven pistols. <laughs> I really don't know what they shoot out. Maybe they shoot out like love. Maybe they're going to be like Cupid tools. No, because the people that get left behind is supposed to be a horrible existence. Oh, the 144,000 going to be people left behind. Yeah. Not 144,000 special people in heaven. No. Oh. The, the that is a very small number. It is. Well, on the opposite side, that is a very small number of people that's going to get... Like, this means that damn near 98, 99.5% of the population going to heaven. But look how... I won't say how easy it is, but there are so many ways for you to get redemption for the shit that you do. I feel like people, especially the ones who want to get in heaven, like, even if they didn't, like, do shit all up until where they got ready to die, it's like, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> What I feel like by the time like Earth is over, I feel like hundred forty four thousand was it'll be enough Hitlers and shit to be that many numbers. Like, yeah, but they might be the only ones. Cause like, well, yeah, maybe it's just gonna be all. So that means that I can get into heaven if I'm not Hitler. Yeah. Okay. I can work <laughs> with that. I'm not gonna be Hitler. Like I feel like that hundred and forty four. You gonna have to. Be, it's gonna. It's gonna have to be like some people that just stand in their wrongness, like. Adrian Bronner, which we're going to talk about, <laughs> just standing in their wrongness and not willing to, like, come up out of it. <laughs> like, I feel like it's going to be them people who just like, fuck that, I'm right. <laughs> Bro, you know, if you listen to this podcast and if you listen to enough of it to, like, hear how we talk about faith and religion, if you see me walking into heaven <laughs> and you've been going to church faithfully every Sunday. Are mad as hell? Man. <laughs> I hate that feeling you're going to have, but I'm in here. I'm like, what the fuck? Really him? Where the holies at? <laughs> you're going to get put right back out. <laughs> you ain't even going to have to say holies. <laughs> I said, where the holies at? That might be church. You're going to get put right back out. <laughs> going to be in there for a good five minutes. I appreciate you for that clarity, Brittany. Thank Even you. Though that clearly, makes... 
it's religious debate. So I guess depending on your sect of Christianity, that might mean something different. But that makes more sense to me than anything else I've heard about that number. It definitely does. Colin. What's up, Colin? Appreciate you for sending us a letter. Um, Hey, y'all. As usual, you know I love to live write the show as I listen. So here we go with my mail and thoughts of the week and last few weeks. One, Robert Kelly is fucking trash. Absolutely. No no disagreements. No, no, but I think I feel like he is trash can juice. <laughs> because you know, you can have trash if your trash is full of paper, it ain't really disgusting. True. It's just trash from the ideological sense of these things that you don't want anymore. But if you're trash can juice, that's the worst trash can you got. Like that got old chicken paper in it, your old leftovers that you threw away that wasn't in a bag. And so all of the nastiness accumulated at the bottom of the trash bag. That's R. Kelly. It's just, it's, it's not only the ideological trash where it's shit I don't need and I'm going to throw away, but it's also disgustingly bullshit that we don't even want to exist in this moment. <laughs> and that's how I feel about R. Kelly, just like I feel about trash can juice when I have to deal with it. Okay. And hopefully it didn't get in the bottom of the trash can, so now you got to clean out the trash can because now all the trash is going to have trash can juice remnants. <laughs> Y'all done experienced this shit before. Trash bags are biodegradable. It happens. <laughs> Two, yes, Mr. On Point, you did send me some stuff. The Meats cooking book and some sensey man sense for my lamp that broke, damn it. I still have them, though, for when I eventually get a new lamp. So I sent him a book that was just titled The Meats. <laughs> and I think that is it. fitting. <laughs> Number three, Beelzebub, Lucifer, El Diablo, Satan, LOL. He was a hater and he was hating on God. God was like, nah, you ain't stealing my shine. I'm the only man up in this piece. So while we were talking, I did read that Satan had or Lucifer had become so fascinated with his beauty and like and and his his skills and everything. He becomes so like enamored with himself that he felt like he, he could challenge God on, on his existence. But God is enamored with himself. Do what? God is enamored with No, he's with not. Him. Yes, he we is. We don't have evidence. What do you mean we don't have evidence that he's enamored with himself? We don't have God evidence of God being enamored with himself. We just have... He wants us. He's so enamored with himself. He wants us to be enamored with him. No, he wants us to praise him. That's different because than being he, enamored. Because he's... So I just Well we don't praise why do we praise Because he's God? That's not an answer. That's what it is though. Because <laughs> he's now, God. If I ask you what what is green, you say just green. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is. He is praised because he's God. And he's God because he's praised. <laughs> but what in that makes you think that he's enamored with himself the way that Satan would be enamored with himself? Because you get punished for praising anything that isn't him. It, it's it's him. He the end all be all. He it. Nothing else. Or you get in trouble. But I mean, the reality is, if he did create the shit, he gets some credit. I'm just <laughs> I'm saying, saying, Satan didn't create shit, and he's like, I'm the I'm the goat. Like Soldier Boy. <sighs> well, actually, I think I do think Soldier Boy get a lot of credit for that shit, but. God, if God actually created the whole universe, if God created a, one animal, 
<laughs> like to me, nigga, you 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 good. I mean, <laughs> like if he created us for real, as intricate as our body is, do you know that if one part of your body ain't functioning, you fucked up? I know, I know. I'm just saying. I, until my big toe wasn't functioning, <laughs> I had no idea how important a big toe was. It is important to balance, especially <laughs> for a big dude. I'm a, I can balance, but like I had to figure out a whole new way of walking when my big toe was out of commission. <laughs> Same for my pinky toe. I was like, you mean this little motherfucker got something to do with something? If God made a specimen like a human, then you get props. <laughs> but the universe, the endless universe. It's like a video game with secrets in it. In it. <laughs> you know how somebody create like I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give y'all what I want y'all to see, but man, if you can see further, <laughs> if you can see the if you can see what I done put in this coding for this existence, boy, you'll know how intricate it was. Like if he created that shit, he deserved props, he deserved praise. And if there was evidence, I probably, you know. <laughs> Praise more willingly because I pray, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm i a Christian by conditioning, so I, I mean, that's how I look at it. I pray, so you do pray, yeah, okay, like not for everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'm in Ensley and I think somebody, if I see a shadow figure, <laughs> I'd be like, Lord praying? Jesus, please <laughs> don't let this be somebody that's gonna murder me, Lord. Oh, Jesus. I gotta go to fucking Ensley tomorrow. For I work. pray. I pray when I eat sometimes. Oh, before you eat. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, random. And sometimes I talk to my mama, and you know, I pray after I talk to her. So the praying before you eat. Hmm. I've always like so like if there is some <laughs> salmonella in this mm -hmm. food that I'm about to eat. If I pray over it, will it will it will it take it away? And I not so like because what is the purpose of praying over the food if it doesn't keep you from getting sick? You don't pray for you don't pray for solutions. You pray for peace. I want peace. Like if I, I if I this. if I got kidnapped by the Taliban <laughs> and they pulled a thing over my head, I would be praying to be okay with dying. Yeah, but you pray over your food before you eat it. What's the purpose? For peace, that if my food kills me, I will be okay <laughs> with having ate it. <laughs> okay. I mean, but people say bless this food. If the food is blessed, then it shouldn't kill you. No. They blessed witches. That's shit in hell. <laughs> you know, that's where bless you came from with sneezes. Because our dumbass lineage used to think that sneezes was witchcraft. Oh, my God. And so they used to say bless you like you was a witch. Man, the, being a woman has always been shitty. Just it, And we're going to talk about that. But good God. <laughs> I walk in the town square and sneeze. Now I'm be burned at the stake and shit because I got allergies. And I got allergies like a motherfucker. I sneeze all the time. You they better guard into the woods for two weeks while you sick, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> Don't let them motherfuckers know you sick. That is so fucked up. Couldn't even sneeze. Oh, she sneezed. Witch. <laughs> what? Nigga, allergies. <laughs> wow, men steadily sneezing when they sick, but it don't happen to them. <sighs> if I'm a witch, this nigga is a warlock. Hang him too. <laughs> Burn him at the stake. The fuck? Anyhow. But I appreciate you for sending us a letter, um, Colin. He had part two, though, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for sending us that letter. <laughs> and then this one. 
as well. Uh, come on, Red. Black people can be prejudiced, but not racist. Racism is an institution. Prejudice is beliefs. Why did you read that like Malcolm X? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I did that. Why did you interpret how I read it as if it was being read by Malcolm X? Because That's of, what I would ask. Because of the pauses that you were putting in like that. It just sounded Malcolm X. I put Farrakhan. some emphasis out there for dramatic effect. I know, but it came, maybe because of the subject matter, it just came across as like. <laughs> and maybe because I agree with Colin's assessment. You know, and this is the thing. I, I just I want to clarify, okay? If black people can be racist, and the same way that white people can be racist by believing that their culture or their race is superior to the other races, I feel like if you're a race that doesn't have power, it just don't mean shit. So if you can be racist, it don't mean shit. It's like two warriors out in the middle of a whole goddamn arena. Who both say we the best warrior, but one of them got a sword. It don't matter how good the other motherfucker really is. <laughs> you know, this, this, he got a sword. You're not going to win. And nor does your being the best warrior matter in this moment. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how I look at it. Like, if, if we can go with the traditional definition of what it means, it just don't mean shit. To me, that's that's how I look at it. So I I don't want to get. I'm just saying, racism, racist. That shit is a multi-layer issue that has footnotes, head notes, stipulative definitions, and all kind of other uh, explanations surrounding it. You know, coming from a history where it meant one thing to a present where it means something else to it being researched and understood more deeply. So I just hate to get in a tip for tat of whether black people go, can be racist or, or not when it's so much more context be, beyond that shit. You know, if black people can be racist, just don't mean shit to me. Because <laughs> um, I want white people racist. I want to be able to be white people racist. <laughs> if I could, I would like to be white people racist. I can only be black people racist. Here? Yeah. You can go other places. But black be. people racist really mean that I can only talk about white people in front of you. <laughs> and I can't do it in front of white people without being crucified by white people. You know what I'm saying? I guess that's that's the same. You know, I guess that's maybe I'm wrong on that because you know, I guess black folks can say whatever they want about white people for real, and don't really get no consequences in terms of comedy and 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 things of when it don't matter. But like, the real racism is when you feel like you're superior and you can act on it. You can create jobs and you like if. If our society right now had a civil war against brown people, right now at this moment, and white society acted upon it, they can cut off our water, they can cut off our access to food, they can cut off our uh, military support, they can cut off our police support, they can cut off anything that we would need access to. They can fire all the black people in every every organization because it ain't more than 10 percent they can still function without black people without brown people and we don't have and black people brown people none of us really have infrastructure related systems even when you talk about asians come over here and work hard they got nail shops and beauty supply stores when you talk about the, uh, the indians that come over here you know they have gas stations 
when you talk about black people, we do hair and cut grass and do services. All of us do service related shit, but we have nothing infrastructure. They can cut off all our cell phones so we can't contact nobody. They can cut off all our cable so we don't have access to any news. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's the warrior with the sword who believe he the best versus the warrior that don't have a sword that believe he the best. I just this is just a really big difference to me. You know, so that's the dynamic. But it's much bigger than that, just that question. Um, but you know, I had to fill in some blanks. <laughs> Appreciate you for that, Colin. Thanks, and Colin. next we have the nerd plate. Oh, Jesus. This is Elroy Ketchum. Y'all know what it is when Elroy sent a letter. It's gonna be long and very very interesting what's up conversation swindlers it is i the high quality negro pinkies up elroy <laughs> it's the new year and that gives me a reason to email you niggas i'm a faithful listener to your program and usually pontificate your conversations whilst working it seems to be a trend recently where i write you all emails while i play basketball i will always wait to the last minute but here it is nonetheless don't worry it's just a few points over the last few shows that i can remember and we'll go through each paragraph and then address at the end no oh the as the, okay yeah. I think black people can absolutely be racist, but not to the traditional definition. Most of our exclusion, I think, is our attempt to preserve ourselves and further our own causes. I still don't understand the let's only shop at uh, a black owned place. I feel no inclination to do so because my little 1236 ain't going to boost a black dollar or past depression. Please let me know if I'm wrong, though. I don't think you're not wrong, but I still think that it's a representation of us not having infrastructure related systems in the black community that we can utilize and participate in because that will build up the clout in some black people that may be inclined to get back to the community when the best thing you can do in the black community is buy some t-shirts from a dude who make t-shirts <laughs> or get your hat on at the black you know with the black people or like i just i don't think that really helps however i do think that there is a dynamic in our society where they say in the jewish community the dollar lasts the highest that is going to last in the Asian community. That's the second highest in the Indian community and in the black community. The only thing we can do is give our dollars out to other communities. Like it would be nice if we can find a way to circulate the money from the black community in the black community. The problem is with white flight, every community that there is something in where black people are, white people leave and go somewhere else. And that's usually a place where black people who are trying to leave those environments aspire to be at. So I'm not going to drive to Inslee <laughs> or Hueytown or these areas that used to be white, but are now predominantly black. I'm not going to drive there to participate, you know? And I, I just think the bigger issue is our ability to be integrated into white society that's just not what they all want i don't think i just i don't think that it isn't possible i just think that so you mean to tell me you don't think if all of the black celebrities or the black the people that do have money within our community if they decided to do some infrastructure type shit they couldn't do if they all got together and decided that that's what they wanted to do like me and you obviously fuck no we can't because I'm broke and poor and so that ain't but there are I feel like there are people that could do that if they all decide hell LeBron just did a whole goddamn fancy ass fucking school for the people in his neighborhood that's amazing yeah, but and that's a sliver of his money 
But the amount of money that it would take to create an infrastructure system across the country for black people to participate in, ain't no black celebrities going to undertake that endeavor. If so, they would have done it by now. Well, I mean, obviously not individually. I'm saying that if we decided that this was something that we wanted to do, we have enough people in our community that have them have money to be able to do it if they did it together. Like, obviously, not one person. If 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 Rihanna bought Metro PCS and turned it into Fenty PCS, <laughs> and it was moderately comparable to what I have now in terms of being able to access a quality phone and access service that just works, mm-hmm. I'd go there. I would. If you know what I'm saying? I would do it. And I feel like if every black person would do that, mm-hmm. T-Mobile, Sprint, Verizon, AT&T would have to say, oh, shit, we got to fit just like with makeup. What yeah. Fenty did was she came out and she made all of these shades for brown people. Mm-hmm. And when brown people started leaving their shit and going over there, then they started saying, oh, shit, this brown dollar been important to us. Mm-hmm. So I do think yes, if if and that's shit, the case, if Rihanna did that, I f- it would be the same thing like with the makeup. I feel like black people would go if it was com- now. Nah, it gonna have to be comparable. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, it, it can't just be a <laughs> brand be no for her and her to get so, uh, another check for her. Yeah. It would have to be something quality. But that's but, what else I think is possible. I just think that the issue is that collectively all together i don't know that it'll ever happen where the people that have the money that could do this because if they could put it in place we would be the support of it we're not gonna be the the creators of it okay we and people like us would be have to be the ones that would then have to transfer everything over to that support wise so then our dollars would matter but like on the front end creative wise ain't shit i can do well me answering elroy's question is based on what we have now we don't have that infrastructure now. It's mm-hmm. like, what what can you spend money on black that will go into the black community as a whole? It's really nothing. I mean, even if somebody created a community grocery store named the black market for black people to shop at that has shit that black people use, kind of like the Asian market or little haciendas or whatever. Mexican if we had that, what it would do would make whoever started it wealthy. Yes. You know, and we would have to hope that they or somebody that invests back into the community. But like every time they have one of these boycott Target, boycott Walmart, my idea is to have a community plan. You know, get some people to start build, take two, three years to build up an amount of money to create that store and let it be something that is fueled by the community and funds the community and that money has to be put back into the community. Get 20 or 30 people to own that place so there's accountability for it. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I think there are plans to do but our our empowerment is not going to be found in taking from the white system. Our empowerment ain't going to be found in taking from Target, boycott Target, don't get no gas. It's not going to be found in it. That the system is that system is too small to tell people that this is how we're going to separate ourselves. The black the power of the black dollar. The reality is the things that we have to spend our dollars on are so critical that it costs us something to do to go without them mm-hmm. until there is a shop that is lateral to Target, lateral to Walmart for black people. I'll drive to easily to shop at that place. Now, everybody won't, but I, that's, that's <laughs> I mean, I, and I'm not expecting everybody to. I wouldn't want everybody to if that's not something that they can do. 
But if a place was created with that idea and that money I knew would go back into Inslee, I'd drive over there. I would drive over there to do. And maybe I could get you to come over there with me on the weekend. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would get I would get my people. I'd be like, look, we got to go shop this place. It is for black people. It is owned by black people. And, and it's not going to make one people one person wealthy. It's going to put money back into the community. If we could do that, we could... We could get a situation where in, in 10 years, a black person can open up a Macy's over there franchise. You can get a black person that can franchise a Chick-fil-A in the hood. Because if we keep waiting for white people to have the money to do these things, nothing will ever be in the hood but fucking churches. <laughs> chicken. Not, I mean, churches, clearly, but churches, chicken. Popeye. Popeye's, Popeye's is even semi-hood. Like, you can find Popeye's in a decent decent neighborhood decent community but like i think over time if we were to implement a system like that then we can we can work something but just right now that 1236 until we get black market the 1236 ain't gonna do very <clears throat> very much <clears throat> damn but i believe <laughs> but i do believe that there is a system that can exist for us as black people that that 1236 will go far than the motherfucker and i will participate in that system uh, next, on the subject of religiousness pertaining to the Jehovah's Witness stuff, my mama, who I love dearly, is a devout Catholic. My ass ain't been to church but probably five times since I got married. This is a Catholic woman now. Love to tell me that I need Jesus and such, and you need to take your ass to church and such. So I refrain from church a lot. Me and Jesus don't need to see each other every Sunday for me to go to sleep <laughs> like I used to in high school mass. And I don't mean like nine off in a class. I mean almost rim levels. Yes, I got in trouble a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean, so you know, I think the thing about religion, I think it goes two ways. I think that either you can just follow whatever you've been told, or you can question it. And sometimes questioning it means that you kind of ain't really fucking with it. Like <laughs> sometimes you question it and you find that you still feel the same way and you still go. But I think those are kind of the two ways. <laughs> he hitting his face with the arm of his chair, like <laughs> the arm of my chair broke off, and I'm just tapping my face with like, it. Like what the hell? Like I know I get some on my face. Mm -mm, I just do that sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's just kind of how it goes when you leave your parents' house. Like you question everything. I feel like that you were taught at some point, and religion is one of those things where some people question and stick with it and some people question it and they kind of like it now i go if i'm at my mama house on a sunday i'm gonna go to church with her period like i'm not gonna sit in her house and i go to church on a sunday and wait for her to come back if i'm there i will go out of respect for her out of a respect for what she believes to be right i'll go now the problem with my mom is that when she called my ass on a sunday and i'm at my damn house and i haven't been to church <laughs> That's what she had a problem with. It's like, I go when I'm there. <laughs> but when I'm in my own space that I pay bills in, I've been sitting here playing this game all day. <laughs> Last time I've been to church was a funeral. Damn. What? My granddaddy's funeral? Been Jesus. a while. You ain't been to church since then? I mean, I've been in a church. What does that mean? I've been to Air Royal Wedding. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the last time I can remember being in a church. I mean, I, they were saying stuff. Does that count? Because they were saying stuff there. 
my investment wasn't for the word it was for the people <laughs> so i don't think that counts personally but you know. when was the last time i went to church um didn't go christmas i don't even think my mom went christmas no she did i just didn't go i don't even know probably did i go mother's day probably mother's day i feel like i got church ptsd (laughs) the same way i got baloney ptsd baloney oh yeah i call it the baloney effect anything that you had in your childhood that you had too much of that you're never gonna eat again if you have a choice yeah that's for me that's the baloney effect i i ate so much baloney Fuck baloney. <laughs> fuck them red rings. My children ain't never gonna have baloney. If I have a woman that eat baloney and she bring it in the house, I'm throwing that shit away, <laughs> she gonna say, what happened to the baloney? I'm gonna say, I don't know. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Well, yes, it does. No, what I was finna say. Oh, what say. you finna say? Okay. <laughs> so, when my brother was here for Christmas, we went to the Asian market. Okay. And I kept seeing these pickled mangoes. And it just seemed like an interesting concept. So I bought the pickled mangoes, tasted them. They were not good at all. They probably taste like what you would imagine a pickled mango would taste like. So instead of throwing them away, <laughs> when I went to my parents' house for Christmas, I just set them in the door of their refrigerator. <laughs> because they're the only two people that live there. So one day my mom is going to go in the refrigerator and see pickled mangoes. <laughs> and she's going to yell at my dad about it. He's going to be like, I ain't buy no damn pickled mangoes. <laughs> and she's going to be like, we the only two people here. And I didn't buy them. So, and he buy weird shit. <laughs> so I've been wanting to know if she's found them, but I can't ask because then I look guilty. But she hadn't said nothing about Finding something weird. Well, she wouldn't. She wouldn't believe. She believe it came from him, and he just don't remember. <laughs> like, why would she ever ask you about it? No, she wouldn't ask. She would be fussing about it. Like, oh. your daddy brought some pickle, man. That man ain't eat anything. <laughs> like, she would have just called me fussing, and she hasn't. So I don't know if she's found them yet or not. And I haven't been back, so I I don't know if they're there or not. Has nothing to do with anything. It don't. But that just made me think of. Cause you said if you found the bologna, you throw it away. Yeah, she's gonna throw that shit away. She's gonna throw them back, and they're disgusting. wasting money. Yeah, but I was bringing up my bologna PTSD because I feel like I have church PTSD. I feel like if because I spent six days a week in church, that Jeez. was a lot, and it that was six fourth days of the week. And I liked going to church because my friends was there and we had opportunity to play around. But like, my mama was intently trying to implement the bible into our heads like if you can't tell me three things the pastor said after church you're getting them whooping what yes <laughs> that's that's what happened like we needed to be paying attention to the pastor jesus we got old enough to realize that we can make shit up and say it confidently <laughs> and she would be like okay because she didn't know what the fuck the pastor said that whole hour either <laughs> you know but I feel like when I go to like a black church, I feel like certain chords that the key that the keyboard they play on the keyboard triggers memories. I feel like certain beats that the drama play bring back memories. I think a little bit of hooping and hollering. You know, when somebody out there say, Amen, Pastor, I'd be like, Oh shit, Pastor Pastor or Sister Jesse, I remember her saying that shit back then like i I be having memories because i spent so much time in church that's a lot of time a lot of shit is triggering you know to to my experience so it's like six days 
What day were y'all not in church? On uh, Tuesday. That's such a random. Sunday, we went to two different services. Sometimes the service at the same church. And sometimes we would drive to this prophetess church. But it wasn't a church. It was an old prison that they had kind of reformed. And, I, it, and you could tell we were in like the the cafeteria part. And they just had chairs set up and like a, a podium up front. Uh, Monday was women's prayer group. Uh, Tuesday, we had a free day. Wednesday was Bible study. Thursday was children's choir practice. Friday was uh, adult choir practice. And Saturday, we either had the choice of going to the nursing home with the church to sing with my mama for the old people or go visit my daddy in jail. Which both of them were horrible options. But if we didn't go see daddy, we had to go to the nursing home. I feel like, so my grandmother, rest her soul, was an asshole. And I just feel like if a church came every week and sang with like kids and shit, then (laughs) she'd have been saying shit. Like she'd have got irritated with that, I feel like. It wasn't mandatory. So the people who were there were the decent old people. Okay. You know? (laughs) The decent old people. You act like it ain't a such thing as a... Not decent I old people. I just told you my grandma was one of She'd have been one of the people who so stayed in her So is it just funny room. to hear the scale upon which old people exist from decent to not decent? Yeah, it just sounds funny to hear it that way. But she'd have been, her ass been in her room. And we would have went up there to visit her and been like, Grandma, why are you in it? I'm tired of the dancing. <laughs> we were there. Oh, wow. Smell like pee. Yeah. It's the old folks home. Yeah. <laughs> it stinks. Unfortunate. It smells really terrible. Unfortunate for little kids. Uh, Unfortunate for the old people that live there. <laughs> well, I applaud the work. I, I applaud the the work, the effort, and the reasoning that Mama them did that for them. I, I'm glad they did it, but I would be naive to think that all of that stuff didn't have something to do with my current um, position or impasse with faith right now. Yeah, uh, and I value the the person that I am today, and I be real ignorant to act like the the childhood that I had with all of that church isn't a part of how I became who I became. Yeah, and I love me, so I do value that. But it has something to do with my impasse with faith. <laughs> um, okay, but on to the next paragraph. Fine. Oh, finally, I said finally. Finally, Miss Red, I thank you for keeping me as a maybe if shit ever was to go down. Like Mr. On Point says, I'd be pretty surprised at what I do. I like to be labeled as the loose cannon, just as Rockman, what our team games have been like, LOL. But it's all good. I'm not throwing the first punch unless it's absolutely necessary. I watch lots of Dragon Ball Z. So who knows? I may ultra instinct the nigga, but let's not get into that situation. Plus, we got swole cold to deliver this, the, the, death, the final death punch. We got the intimidation factor from Mr. On Point. Show is clearly our main event. Let me stress that. <laughs> I'm throwing him off with some Goku power-ups and will come at him with the fury of my village and my Saiyan pride. Let's hope it hits. Jesus Christ. First of all, swole Cole is not going to do... Listen, let me tell you something. Cole is it's pure vanity. <laughs> he not... I just... I feel like his muscles that he is developing is going to be for sure. <laughs> like, I just... First of all, 
if y'all are listening don't know what the fuck we were talking about a few episodes back i said something about how we all the podcast us government name nerd plate we're all out together shogun from government name was the only one i knew for sure was going to like fight if somebody like i think it was when we were talking about the girl that got manhandled at um mcdonald's and nobody did anything ever since i've had conversations with all of these niggas about what i said i stand by it You, all point, said that you don't even know what would happen. You would have to find out in that moment. I said the same thing. If it was, if a a woman was pushing up on y'all and and I had to, like, step up as being the only person who could hit her and it not be problematic, I would like to think (laughs) I would hit her. Um, That's what I'm saying. So you you feel me? I do. So the same thing with the rest of them. But everybody got so offended. The only person who didn't say anything, I guess, because he was the one in the the good light was Shogun. And Shogun had said shit. <laughs> Shogun, if he don't have a black belt, damn near got one. Yes. So what the? F- <laughs> I'm sitting here with a fucking uh, chair arm in my hand. Okay. I ain't prepared for shit. <laughs> I want you to know that. Shogun is clearly psychologically prepared for whatever the fuck happened. He is. I am psychologically prepared for peace. <laughs> drama don't come my way. I don't have drama in my life, nor have I taken on training that immediately shifts me from being psychologically ready for peace to being psychologically ready for conflict. Look. Like Shogun may have, okay? <laughs> I'm not prepared for drama, but being a woman, I don't know when niggas is going to get out of pocket. I posted, listen. listen, I posted a picture on my Instagram and Facebook, red underscore calamity. And I posted the picture saying that when I was skinny, people told me I was too skinny. I gained weight, and now people tell me that I'm fat, which I don't feel necessarily that I'm fat, but. It's annoying to hear people say that shit. So I posted the picture trying to be, you know, body positive, And I was like, you know, so the moral of the story is just fuck what everybody say because you're not going to make everybody happy. So many, <laughs> not so many, let me not be dramatic. Two married niggas hopped in the DMs and just so much, <laughs> so many comments came from that fucking picture. But that's what it's like in real life to like be out. You don't know when people gonna like <laughs> get out of pocket. Sometimes that shit happen. Just being a woman walking around your fucking business, somebody can come out of nowhere and just be disrespectful for no fucking reason. You just never know. So, you know, I I'm not prepared for it either. But I have to be because it's my life. You tell us you don't have you ain't prepared because you prepare for peace. <laughs> No, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm prepared for if conflict come to me. I'm not prepared for if I'm minding my business and I'm with somebody who conflict come to their ass. That's a different situation. Okay. Okay? Now, but I am fully aware that your problem quickly becomes our problem. I know that. And I would rather get my ass beat than look like a bitch from across the street. So... You can be sure that I'm going to engage. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I wish y'all could see him with this chair arm in his head. <laughs> with this fucking conversation. <laughs> this don't look, this is not making me feel 
confident. <laughs> That's because I just convinced you that I'm not prepared. No, it's because you have this fucking chair arm. Well, I feel it. like that's because I called to what this I, I called back to what this chair arm makes me look like compared <laughs> to a nigga that's almost a black belt. And I feel like you drawing that comparison while I got it in my hand right now. <laughs> I've been I was doing this the whole time before I even mentioned it. I've been doing this the whole time. It just looks funny right now for some reason. And I don't know. I really feel like I feel like my with my size, and I'm I'm relatively strong. I don't lift weight, so like I ain't gonna pick somebody up by their throat <laughs> and throw them. But I'm also agile enough that I feel like my immediate move needs to be like picking them up and slamming them to the but ground. What about your weak ankles? My weak ankles. You said you have weak ankles. I didn't say I have weak ankles. I'm top heavy. Oh. <laughs> that coincidentally means that, and I have small ankles, which means that if I don't have my balance together, I can fuck my ankles up. But I'm a very balanced person. The only time I fuck my ankles up is in basketball when other people fucking up. <laughs> when I'm tripping over somebody's little goofy ass feet. I think his... What he said is accurate. I think that you looking like Mark Henry is an intimidation factor, and I feel like that might help. Well, I feel like I feel like I need to pick them up, slam them on the ground, and hope that they lose their air <laughs> or that they hit their head hard enough to realize this nigga ain't playing. <laughs> Even though he don't know, I don't got no follow-up. <laughs> I'm not just going to start beating you up. I ain't finna get on World Star. I'm a community professional. <laughs> What I look like being recorded bop, bopping a motherfucker in his face. Oh, I'm God. not doing that, okay? Hopefully we will never have to test any of this shit out because hopefully anybody with any common sense that sees me out with you niggas is not going to come over doing no fuck shit, I would hope. Well, I don't know. The dude when we went to go get the ice cream, gave, who gave us some cards? He, he wasn't <laughs> aggressive, though. He was just trying to sneak one in. <laughs> Look, we was all together in the ice cream shop. It was me, Shogun. No, Shogun. No, it was me, Cole Jackson, and, it was and Red. Yeah. And he don't know if we date her or not, but he came up and gave us all a business card for his uh, gym. He got like a gym, a yeah, workout center or something like that. Trainer. He but old. on the back of hers, he wrote his number. <laughs> so it's like he didn't even care that <laughs> one of us might have been dating. He was just passively shooting his shot. Yeah. That, that was, was horrible. It was funny. It was I was funny. it. It was ballsy because he stuck around. Like he didn't do that and leave. So like, if I had been dating one of y'all, and I was like, look what he did. Y'all could have went and beat his ass. It was ballsy. Maybe he don't know. He took a chance. We also don't know what kind of gym he got. True. This motherfucker might be a taekwondo <laughs> master, and we finna sit here and bow up on him. He ain't really look like he gonna Michael J. White eyes. He looked kind of old. But, I mean, that have you ever mean... seen have you ever seen YouTube videos of the white boys that actually know Taekwondo? Yeah, <laughs> they don't look like they know how to fucking eat cereal, <laughs> and they spin kick your ass before you even <laughs> they spin kick your ass before you even saw him leave the ground. I guess it could have been. I don't know. That it's was... like you just saw his foot on the ground, and now it's at your cheek. <laughs> <laughs> like you know how they be looking? They don't look like they can do that shit. True, but I just feel like that it'll be something like that. Like I don't feel like somebody would walk up and like, you know, try to jack me up like old boy did at the um, McDonald's, McDonald's thing. Kettle. Like I don't think that would happen. So hopefully we'll never have to like 
test it in the sound and see. No. Because I just don't feel like anybody's going to come up to me with all, especially if all y'all are there, you, um, Rockman 3K3 was in his feelings about it too. Because I said, <laughs> I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I, I look in the mirror every day and I'm okay with the motherfucker I am. <laughs> Whether he would whoop somebody's ass or whether he don't know what would happen if, <laughs> if conflict show up i am perfectly fine with the person i am when i look in the mirror now is there a list of shit that i can get better on <laughs> yes but that just makes me more amazing because i'm already amazing <laughs> just want you to know that anyway that's enough this was written over the course of a few games i apologize it's been a while but here are some of my thoughts i'll leave you with that as always, I have been and always will be Elroy T. Ketchum, Super Saiyan, purveyor of wings, co-host of the Nerd Plate Podcast. <laughs> Appreciate you for sending that letter, my good sir. He's so ridiculous. And those are the letters that we have <laughs> Thank you for the week. so much. We like when we have episodes and we have a lot of stuff to, to discuss. We want to talk about the things that y'all want us to talk about. Or if you have a question about something that we've said, we want to be able to address it. Um, so please send us letters. Or just ask about anything that you want to know something about. Yep. Don't care what it is. We'll answer it. So send it to us on our Gmail, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, conversationconartist, and send it to us that way. Um, so let's just talk about <laughs> my intro <laughs> that I did. <laughs> so Soldier Boy, I think we talked briefly about this last he had this rant that he went on talking about how he had the best comeback of twenty eighteen and um Tiger, Tiger, that was last week. This week, Drake Drake he got on the Breakfast Club and did an interview addressing that video and became another meme <laughs> because he was saying that he basically started all these people's careers and that they owe him you know drake being one of those people um tiger oh like just he started all these people's careers he had way more receipts than i planned for him to have true about a lot of the stuff he that did. he was talking about. It still is because with Drake, he saying that he had his flow the flow of on one of the songs that he did. Flows get transferred. Like when Migos came out now, it's a whole bunch of mumble rap. You know what I'm saying? So like I don't feel like you can say that you made Drake uh soldier. <laughs> I don't I'm sorry. Don't think that that's accurate. I think Soldier Boy's flaws in this communication is not understanding the context of a comeback, <laughs> not understanding what uh, discovering somebody is, not understanding what putting somebody on is, and because the reality is, Soldier Boy won't credit for a lot of people's careers because. Something that he is involved in was about the beginning of the career. But it's a lot of people who careers done ended because they not good. Mm -hmm. And so at some point what you did drops off and they pick up. And I don't think he ain't taking account for that. And listen, I'm never gonna take away from his producing that he has done. But him as an artist, like I'm just not out here like waiting for the next rap dance. 
song. Like, I don't need another Superman. Like, I just, I don't give a fuck about his music. And I feel like that's how most people feel at this point. I don't think that's how most people feel. I think that's how the older generation feel. But even the older generation, like, fuck with a lot of his music. You know, um, for what it is. I mean, yeah, Superman gonna get played. But the young generation, gonna... the young generation is definitely here for Soldier Boy's next fucking hit, whatever that's really? gonna be. You yes, so? yes. I, I guess we are gonna find out. Whether I, I... it's for the beat, whether it's for the dance, whether it's for the energy, because that's what a lot of these rappers out here are now. Like the the little, uh, not Lil Uzi Vert, but the uh, little boat. There's so many Lil Yachty. Little... Lil Yachty. What you called this nigga Lil that's Boat? His, that was his name before. Like, that's a part of his name. Lil, Lil Boat. Boat. He referred to himself as Lil Boat sometimes. <laughs> that's terrible. But he, they like energy rappers. Like, they got that, they hot energy. That's, they just. I know, I just feel like after doing this, though, and then releasing music, I feel like it's going to be judged based off of all of this vibrato he has had. And I really need him to retire that Gucci headband. That shit is stretched the fuck out and it has been worn and worn <laughs> did you watch the whole interview i couldn't get I, it was i don't it was too much it I, was entertaining to me i started watching the uh one on what's the complex show whatever the complex show the one with academics that mm-hmm. joe Biden was on he ain't on no more oh yeah that one was um that one was a lot he was a lot more aggressive with them <laughs> like but it wasn't, it wasn't, it clearly is how he talked. You know what I'm saying? But uh, he came there like, y'all been fucking talking shit about me this whole time. We finna clear some of this shit up. And he called academic fuck nigga a couple of times. He did. And, he did. And I was like, well, dang. <laughs> you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't really no, it wasn't no but heat I feel behind like, that. But I feel like people don't really give academics no respect. <laughs> like, I feel like if you gonna call somebody a fuck nigga, it's gonna be him. Like, I don't think. Can you imagine if he had called not uh, envy? If he had called envy a fuck nigga, like how he would have responded? I feel like people don't respect academics as far as when they. Did you see Vic Mensa when he came to the show? Mm -mm. Vic Mensa like one giving him no eye contact, (laughs) one reference him or none, and then at a certain point he was like, you know what, I wasn't gonna do this, but I I think you a fuck nigga. He was like, whoa. <laughs> and, you know, after somebody say that, you should just shut the fuck up. You should just let them have that. But, like, I think that he got his start in rap being a, a critic of rappers' music and a social shit. And I think he just did that with a lot of people before he got a platform. And because he did that a lot, people remember that shit. <laughs> Soldier Boy even said it. Soldier Boy said, "You don't, the only reason you hear academic is because of me." <laughs> and academic was like, "Whoa, whoa, hold on, where that come from?" He said, "When I was beefing with Migos and Chris Brown, I'm the first artist that said your name out of my mouth. I said, quit fucking with me, DJ Academics.' And two months later, you up here. <laughs> he said, "Your shit blew up because I mentioned your name, you know." And DJ Academic was like, "You know, nah, not really, but I mean." Who knows? Maybe it take your name being dropped by somebody that's extremely popular at the moment to boost your shit. Academic. That's not to say that academic, <laughs> like, cause if if a ain't shit person that can't interview well and can't convince producers that they'll be good on a show, mm-hmm. and, and I mean clearly, if you don't have that shit, your name being dropped don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's the part I think that Soldier Boy ain't taking into account. At some point, 
the the qualities that the person has carries them the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, for for famous decks, you he might have slept on your couch. He might have been part of your crew at the very beginning, and you might have introduced him to Rich the Kid. And kudos to you for that. But like, how much more credit do you want? <laughs> like, what do you want them to say? Like you. You can't be 80 years old, Soldier Boy, saying, I put famous decks on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At a certain point, you did it. You got your props. Good. Let that shit go. Yeah. And let the world know what you've done for yourself. Like, Nas ain't out here saying what he's done. Jay-Z ain't out here saying what he's done. They just do shit. You got to go do some intense research to find out what Nas is investing in because not most of Nas' money now is because he had a motherfucking amazing investor. But he ain't out here saying, look, look how much money I made on this investment. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like like the legends that done it, did it, and they moving in silence now. Soldier Boy, he just too loud at the moment. But he need props. Well, while we're talking about false bravado... <laughs> Adrian Bron is it Broner? Am I saying that right? Don't know. Could be Broner. <laughs> had a fight. He had a fight with Manny Pacquiao. With Manny Pacquiao, that he lost. Okay, I didn't watch the fight, but obviously he lost by an, a huge margin. Uh-huh. <laughs> Only landed a few punches. Um, he is convinced that he won this fight. You gonna play the video? I am gonna play the video. Okay. Um so he did a couple you know they'll they interview you right after the fight. Uh and then this was the after he had gotten cleaned up and was sitting down. And so I'm gonna play this. Fifty punches in the fight. You only threw two hundred and something punches. We talked about that you don't let your hands go. You didn't in this fight. You landed one punch in the twelfth round. I wonder if you really believe in your heart. You actually won the fight. Yeah, hell yeah, I, I believe I won the fight. Shit, that's just like that's just like when you believe that you want cheese on that burger. <laughs> you know what you're looking for. <laughs> hell yeah, I feel like I won, Dan. Uh. I just <laughs> what? So to give context, apparently the person that was interviewing him uh, is like heavy set, so it was supposed to be a fat joke that just landed flat. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's why he would say when you when you want when you want cheese cheese on that burger. Like what? <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's how silly black people who feel like they superior to white people sound. <laughs> I feel like that's how silly they sound. You clearly are not superior in this particular situation, but you sit here like, hell yeah, I'm better. <laughs> hell yeah, I'm better. When you believe you want that cheese on that burger, having, okay, having cheese on a burger takes absolutely no belief system. It's just you can ask for it. Okay? Now, if you don't have any cheese, but you have a burger, and so you got a burger at home and you don't have no cheese you can believe that cheese is coming buddy you ain't getting it <laughs> and I feel like that that's a silly ass thing to say and he knew like so you couldn't see his face you could see that 
he thought of it and like you know how sometimes you think about something you think this is gonna slay him it's gonna be hilarious and then as you start telling it you realize it's not funny at all but you got you didn't commit it you gotta go through it at this point like it was so cringy and so terrible and he fucking lost like you look crazy when you lose and it's an obvious loss and you saying you should have won that makes no sense at all like you look crazy like you look like maybe he hit you too hard and you got a concussion that's what i'm assuming is going on here because no he was he was that kind of weird ass silly before this shit (laughs) this ain't this fight didn't do nothing to help i just it's brana i I think that's how um oh this is the the older white guy. So there was another interview <laughs> that he did right after walking out of the ring. And, you know, the the interviewer was like, you can't possibly think that you won this fight. And he was like, yeah, I did. And he was like, it, you know, seven rounds and you only threw this many punches. He was like, you know what? I'll tell you what, you get in the ring, we'll go seven rounds of seat. He's like, well, that wouldn't prove anything. <laughs> Because he's like 70. Of course you're going to whoop his ass. Like, that don't mean shit to say that. That, you know, that narcissistic personality disorder. I mean, of course he always going to believe he won. But he looked like... (laughs) It just looks so stupid. Like, and I know that narcissists, regardless of what happens, believe that they come out on top regardless. You can't even tell. But, like, this is just so cringy. (laughs) Because he is not letting up. Like, regardless of how everybody keep giving him facts. Because that's the thing. These people are saying you only, like, giving him the amount of punches he threw in comparison to Pacquiao. Like, they're giving him facts. (laughs) But I'm sure that if research panned out, the boxers that are the most narcissistic and who talk the most shit is a high correlation with special ed. <laughs> I I think that if we did research, we could find that Floyd Mayweather can't even read. You're right. You know, <laughs> so that's that's just like that's just like I was like, where is he? <laughs> but like he was thinking enough that he should have been able to came up with some better shit than if you believe you want cheese on that burger, you know what you're looking for. <laughs> What? Are we searching for something here? He should have been making a lateral comparison to something that made him feel confident, even though you don't have the evidence to show that you should be that confident. He should have been making a lateral comparison for that. But he all he could do is make a horrible fat joke. Because and again, you don't see the guy. So like the only reason that I know that context is because I saw an article that explained it because when I originally listened to the clip, I was like, what the fuck does that cheese on a burger? <laughs> what? It don't even make sense without the context of seeing the guy. And even if I saw the guy, I wouldn't realize it was a fat joke. I would still be like, what? Because what we're looking for is that comparison. <laughs> he should have been like, well, you should go get your fat ass a burger <laughs> with cheese if you believe it. <laughs> like, that is the silliest shit I think I've ever seen. Because, like, you know, fighters are 
they're going to be really confident. They have to be. They talk a lot of shit. And I've seen them talk shit even after they lose a fight. I have. But, like, this is some next level shit. Like, really? Nigga. No. Just, just no. Like, that is the silliest. A lot of false bravado this week. <laughs> Between Soldier Boy and Adrian Bronner. <laughs> okay. So... I want to talk about Gillette. Gillette, the best a man can get. Yes, that's the same Gillette. They released a commercial this week called We Believe the Best Men Can Be. It's an amazing commercial. It's a two-minute video. Mm -hmm. Go check it out. It's essentially the Gillette saying, is this really the best men can be? And then so it had a, a video calling out sexual assault calling out uh, bullying, calling out gay shaming, calling out mansplaining, calling out cat calling, calling out toxic messages that we give our boys, uh, basically asking men to hold other men accountable and saying because the boys of today are going to be the men of tomorrow, basically holding a standard for men. And men <laughs> went crazy about this commercial every conservative especially but they think that it's an all-out attack on masculinity they think that companies like gillette have been taken over by feminists and that they're trying to assert feminist thought on society which will emasculate men and diminish masculinity and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. I was trying to find this. So in, as a response to this, I can't find the picture. A white man decided that he was going to post a picture in protest of the commercial. He decided to post a picture of him and his two sons who couldn't have been more than maybe 10, 12 years old. He has a, one of them has an assault rifle. One of them has a regular gun. He got a shotgun. And then their little sister's there in the middle with a little pink dress on, no gun. <laughs> this was his protest of this. And you just proved everything they fucking said, right? You got your young sons in this picture with these fucking guns. And they was in a cotton field, <laughs> which is just a whole nother thing. But it's like you're proving everything they said because he was like, well, this is how I choose to raise my sons. Okay, you doing what the fuck they said you shouldn't be doing, my nigga. Like this, you just proved that this is a problem. And why little Becky couldn't have a gun? So the issue is that the issue with toxic masculinity men look at the term toxic masculinity as if it's a modifier for masculinity. I think they look at it in the context of if somebody uses the term masculinity, they're attacking masculinity as a whole. They're not looking at, which I believe it is, it in terms of it being a small cancerous part of masculinity that we need to address. It doesn't say that being masculine is a problem. It doesn't imply that being masculine is a problem. It implies that there is a subsection of masculinity 
that is a problem. That's like a big ass block of cheese you got. If it's a piece of mold on it, you don't call that whole cheese mold. <laughs> you cut that fucking piece of mold off and your cheese is fine. Okay. The the bacteria does not infiltrate the cheese because of how thick it is. Okay. You can cut that off and the cheese under it is bacteria free. All right. That's what toxic masculinity is trying to do. Cut off that toxic ass part of men. The problem is toxic masculinity isn't a type of man. Toxic masculinity is a system by which that type of man kicks other men out of the club if they don't meet that standard. Meaning that those toxic masculine expectations become tied to my self-esteem. So one of the first times I baked a cake and took it to work and one of my managers took it home to her husband, she came back and said that my husband said whoever baked that cake must be gay if it was a man <laughs> because that cake was too good for a straight person. What the fuck so, does that even mean? <laughs> so with toxic masculinity, it tells me as a man that I have to be strong irrationally strong strong enough to hold up so many people strong enough to beat and defeat enemy any enemy enemy any foe it tells me that i have to be emotionally emotionally stable to the point that i don't show my emotions nobody can see my emotions because they need to be held in because men don't show emotions it tells me that i can't be weak you know, it tells me that if anything that I do seems weak, that's a problem. It tells me that I have to live up to their standards of sexuality, meaning that if I'm gay, if I'm bisexual, or if I just don't fuck as many women as they do, then I'm not in the club. That's what that, those are toxic messages. Not only that, I mean, boys will be boys. Jesus. Uh, I can have whatever I want because I'm a man. Men take what they want. Men are aggressive. Like if you don't live up to those standards. Those men who are pretending to be the alpha, you know, top males, if you don't live up to their standards of doing all that irrational shit, you ain't a man. You don't fit the bill. And when our whole culture of men starts believing that that shit is what we're supposed to do, it looked like what society looked like now. We are doing all of this shit that we shouldn't be doing to fit into what those irrational standards of a man is and we're just fucking up and the Gillette commercial just called out some of that behavior it called out some of that shit and said hey this is a problematic part of masculinity and we the good men who are not a part of that problematic part we need to hold these other men accountable and I guess we can have, we're going to end up debating all day about what masculine is, but we need to define what the problem in masculinity is in order to address it. You know, but a bigger problem is that some people believe that that toxic shit is necessary. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the articles of many that challenged that who, who believe that those those parts of masculinity that I consider toxic, mostly because I work with young boys, mostly because I'm a counselor and I understand having worked with grown men, what some of these expectations have done for them, you know, uh, more so because like I work with a lot of gentle kids who ain't really 
up to the task of what that shit like what place do they hold in manhood it is difficult but this is an ad where a person believes that, that shit is necessary uh, article i'm just gonna give a little bit of it boys and men shouldn't follow the advice of a recent report by the apa called guidelines for the psychological practice with men and boys these guidelines imply that traditional masculinity such as stoicism competitiveness dominance and aggression are harmful these guidelines are wrong Stoically controlling your emotions is necessary. Competitive spirit drives success. Dominance and the mental and physical strength required to dominate is far superior to a lack of strength, which results in being dominated by someone else. And aggression is a means to an end. Without aggressive action, you will likely be on the receiving end bowing to someone else's aggression. This is the first paragraph in this article that just perpetuates a belief that these toxically masculine messages are necessary. And that's where our impasse in society is going to be. We're going to have a whole bunch of dudes who continue to teach these problematic messages without understanding the problem with it. Now, he goes on in the article to say that too much of these things can be a problem. But why would you be an advocate for something that is that close to the edge of being that big of a problem? The stoicism shit is why we have boys that are so angry and aggressive. I tell people all the time and, you know, I teach anger management in, in other classes that when you have a, a a toddler boy who cries and you tell him from a, from that, from the beginning of when he get here, that boys don't cry. You don't cry. You're a little boy. All you do is create this situation where he is not going to be able to, to express or know how to express these other emotions. So then what you have is this angry boy, angry teenager that you now want to bring to me. And say, I don't know why the fuck he's so angry. It's because you've been making him suppress everything else. Now, if your kid is crying and they shouldn't be kind, fine. But don't say you shouldn't cry because you're a boy because that's not what it is. If, if you shouldn't be crying because the situation does not call for tears. Or the situation calls for you to figure out, figure it out and not get upset about it. That's fine. But saying that you're a boy, you don't cry. Boys don't cry. Creates these suppressed ass men who don't know how to emote. Because we've been telling them their whole life that it's not okay. Competitive spirit is, is necessary for success. That's not masculine because women have to succeed as well. So if I'm competitive, am I masculine? If I try to compete? Am I attempting to be a man in, in doing so? By the definition of his article, anyway. Aggressiveness is not a means to an end. It's bullshit. And the big, one of the biggest misconceptions from toxic masculinity is that it's a critique of women and feminists against men. It's not. The term toxic masculinity didn't even come from feminism at all. It came from the mythopoetic men's movement. Look that shit up. This is an organization and a movement that I utterly fucking disagree with. <laughs> it was really one of the very first anti-feminist movements. Uh, when feminism first started getting on the landscape, there were a lot of men that supported it. But within those men, a subgroup of them said, you know what? Women getting all this shit. What are we getting? And a big part of it was like, it was like a big ass support group for men. And a component of that subgroup called out the concept 
of men that has such high irrational expectations that a normal man can't reach that shit. You know, but so when I think of toxic masculinity, I think of motherfucking Guston from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, Jesus. That's who I think of. That is the man that that toxic is toxically masculine and he want y'all to be like him the problem is he get all the women (laughs) he get the good ass job he end up being the ceo he get paid well his looks makes him more aesthetically a pleaser for society and it makes him feel entitled to because bell went with it it makes him feel entitled to shit he maybe shouldn't have like bell he felt like he should be able to have her just because he was he's male he's masculine he he did a whole fucking song in the movie where he was talking about all of the things that are great about him or his little friend was doing it but he felt entitled to have bail because he he should have whatever he wants to have and that entitlement made him aggressive yep you know and that entitlement made him uh press himself on her he just showed up to her house one day just to do that shit when we get married just like just way too much like gustav was uh oh my god me talking about me too but in that movement they recognize that guys that exist like that that have everything that expect other men to be like that that is an irrational standard and that men's movement came up with the term toxic masculinity because whether you and i think toxic masculinity has been co-opted by a small group of feminist women Mm -hmm. and some women who look at it and do use it to critique just regular masculine behavior because you got to understand for on a feminist scale general masculine behavior can be a problem Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i think some of them do look at it like that but the reality is whether you want to call it toxic masculinity or not there are standards that men hold for other men and if we don't adhere to them we get kicked out of the fucking club of being man and if i hold my emotions in and i don't cry it ain't because a woman would see me doing it it's because a man might see me doing it. Mm-hmm. If I wear a pink shirt, a woman would tell me I look nice. A man would tell me I'm gay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or make candles or cook or any of the things. That if you do. <laughs> I fall victim to somebody else's aggression and I look weak, it don't matter if I look like that in front of a woman, but in front of a man, it costs me something. It costs me some manhood. They ain't going to look at me like a regular man no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I learned that shit early on in sports. When I was on the football team, when I was on the basketball team, I couldn't do shit that wasn't seen as shit boys and men do. Otherwise, I'm going to get joked the fuck on. Just like, you know, people getting into fights. I remember one time we had a, uh, oh, in, in football practice, the coaches had the boys will be boys mentality. If we had two football players that got into it in school and the coaches found out about it, they would just put everybody put on pads. We get around in a circle and we throw them both in the middle and let them fight it out. Wow. Yeah. That is fucked I remember up. PC and Hunter J. They put them in the middle of it. And Hunter just had never really been no fighting dude. Hunter just always been an intellectual. And PC's a bully. And he fight all the time. And he from the projects. And you know what? The boys will be boys. Motherfucking mantra. Don't take shit like that into consideration. So it let Hunter get out there and get slung around and threw around. They had pass on so he didn't get hurt. But like, what does that do to a boy internally? 
What does that do to somebody in the public eye? That's we talked so shit about it. Yeah, I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? That shit adults, wasn't right. No. It wasn't right. And the adults to to set it up. That's just oh God. It, it it was bullshit. But like, I I we need men to get out of this. Get out of their fucking. Fi- it's crazy that the motherfuckers that say. We too sensitive these days. End up being sensitive about the motherfuckers <laughs> being sensitive. Like what the fuck? Chill the fuck out. But look, we as men can't pretend like we are perfect. We got some shit. And if you don't want to call it toxic masculinity, we need to figure out what we need to be addressing about ourselves to make ourselves better because we have flaws. Every damn problem that our society has it's not always done exclusively by men but it's done predominantly by men we fucking up and we got some shit to address so I just wanted to talk about the Gillette commercial and how harmless it is and what's more harmful is the ideas perpetuated that we must not have problems and now we're going to sidestep into an example of toxic masculinity. Future. <laughs> Future just is not going to be able to just let Sierra live her best life. And like, he just can't stop critiquing her fucking life. Future has an album that was coming out. I guess it's out now. I don't listen to his shit, so I don't know. But I think it did come out. And he was in an interview talking about how he don't respect Russell Wilson, which is Sierra's husband, and that she do whatever he tell her to do, and he ain't no man, because if he was a man, then he wouldn't even be, you know, you ain't even finna speak his name. Don't even say his name to me. Like, I'm your husband. You don't even talk about that nigga. Like, Future is a very good example of what we were just talking about. He also said that he he could never marry any of his baby mamas. There's six of them, uh, because the other ones would get mad. First of all, you could marry five of them because one of them is living her fucking best life <laughs> with somebody that treats her what much better than you ever was. Still ain't treating her well. And the fact that you upset that she with somebody that treats your son well makes no sense. Like, have you seen the videos and shit with uh, with Russell with this little nigga? Like, he treats him very well. Now, how he does off the camera, I don't know. But what I see is him spending time with him, tossing footballs and shit because he's a football player and he, you know, garnering an interest in little future. He spends time with him. He don't just ignore him because he had a baby with Sierra and now they have a little girl. He includes little future all the time. Do you know how many people would wish that if they baby mom moved the fuck on that it was with a nigga that was respectful? Listen, Russell Wilson is the Mr. Rogers of the fucking NFL, okay? <laughs> you just can't get no better. No. The problem is <laughs> the problem is that future comes from an environment that says that you can't show your emotions, which he does, that you can't be weak, which he believes the, the dynamic of their relationship make him, which means that you can't be strong, you know, um, well, would you have to be strong, which he won't consider him as strong if he believed that Sierra is telling him what to do. Uh, and he come from that environment where respect is great. He said in this interview 
that I would never meet, and I don't believe this, I would never date a woman uh, and see her kids without meeting the baby daddy first. Oh, he full of shit. He said I would never do that. He full and of he shit. said that by the time Russell Wilson wanted to meet him, the damage was done, so he don't want to meet him now. Which Sierra did an interview and said that she tried, and he said he didn't want to meet him. She tried to to set that up prior to, and I can believe that. I can believe that he would be like, I don't want to meet that nigga. Yeah, it ain't a surprise. Like It's not a surprise. I, what he's saying is bullshit. Oh, yeah. He is just straight saying bullshit. What he really is is a jealous-ass motherfucker, a controlling-ass motherfucker, a toxically masculine motherfucker who want all his baby mamas to not have men so he can have access to them with his kids. And Sierra didn't play the game like he wanted the game to be played. Nope, she moved but even on. though she moved on, she moved on with the best person she could possibly move on with. That's how you know the person who have the crit critique is fucked up. It's like DACA. I don't want to go to the politics with this a little bit. <laughs> but the DACA recipients are the best Latinos that you can get. Mm -hmm. They are the best illegal immigrants you can get. And if it was about the right people being over here, if it was about people that was over here that contribute to society, those are the ones. And the fact that they holding DACA recipients hostage means it ain't at all about finding the right brown person mm -hmm. it's about you just not wanting none of them motherfuckers to have access and it's the same shit for future he don't want no man to have access to women that he done had a child with and russell wilson even though he is the best most exemplary motherfucker that you can get in that position he don't like it so he has got the problem it ain't a problem with the man it's a problem with his expectation of the women that he having the level of control that he can exhibit and you know what I hope little future call his ass daddy. Hell, <laughs> hope he call Russell Wilson daddy, and not because his mama told him to, but because he feels like that man is his father over his actual father. Because because the reason that she even got full custody is because he wasn't having consistent visits with his son. Yep, I mean, it it's more to being a father than just putting a nut in somebody. Okay. Well, and whenever he has him and he like you know has little videos or whatever he put out because there was a video where he had him and some of his other children because you know he has so many um and they were sitting around i think maybe listening to his music like his his song was playing in the background when Lil future is with his mama and russell they playing a dance game on the wii russell is taking him um to stadiums throwing fucking footballs and shit with like he does family type shit with him that's not what he gets when he's with his dad like i just don't understand this mentality of wanting these women to stay miserable because that's what it is you just want them to stay miserable while you out here and doing whatever the fuck you want to do he just had another fucking baby joy Ch Ch chavez i don't know how to say her last name um bow wow baby mama just had a baby with this nigga like you still out here creating kids that you know you're not going to have an active role in their lives but then you also on the flip side of that don't want nobody else to take an active role in their life what so you just want this cycle of dysfunction to continue you want little future to grow up and be like you i have fucking bitches and just making babies and shit 
this is an opportunity for him to have a regular childhood, regular life, to grow up with values and maybe not be toxically masculine. And you just angry. Like, nigga, shut up. Why is you always talking about her? I don't even know none of his other baby my other than Joy, they name, because he don't ever speak on them. But Sierra, you constantly got some shit to say about. She left. She moved on. It's over. Let it go, my nigga. Let it go. You don't even want her. It's the idea <laughs> that how dare she not do the status quo. Has nothing to do with him. I don't even think it's a jealousy. He don't want her. But how dare she not do what he wanted her to do? How dare she move on with somebody that treats her well and is respectful, which in his mind is weak and just do whatever she tell him to do. How the fuck you know what they're the <laughs> How would you even have any idea what the status of their relationship is and who tells who what, nigga? <laughs> Based off of what? Because he ain't out here acting a fool like you? Because he ain't yelling and telling her what she can and can't do like she's some kind of fucking slave? Fuck out my face, future. Kick rocks, nigga. <laughs> he whack. Hating on them for no reason. She don't ever speak on him unless he speak on her. Like, she responds to shit that he says. But, like, she never just comes out and say no shit about him. It never happens. She always having to defend some shit because he always saying shit. Bitch ass nigga. It's ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. He's a good example of what we were just talking about, though. Toxic masculinity at its finest. This what the Gillette commercial was about. <laughs> it's stupid. It is. What do I have to talk about next? Erica Badu, man. Erica, Erica. She came out defending R. Kelly during a concert. Now, let me tell you what it's... What they said that she said. Um, she said, what if one of the people who was assaulted by R. Kelly becomes an offender? We going to crucify them too? Now, I'm going to go back to my dialogue about R. Kelly and about uh, people who offend. At a certain point, the weight of the damage you do becomes much heavier than how you became what you became. So if a person that R. Kelly assaulted becomes an offender at some point yes the fuck they are gonna get crucified because they have given all of their pain out to other people and put them on a path of potentially becoming that and it's that makes the person who is doing the who is doing that assaulting a bigger threat R. Kelly is a big threat. And if one of the people that he assaulted becomes an offender and does this shit to kids on kids, they become a big threat too. Because the the thing is, and I wish people would, this needs to be part of the narrative. Not everybody who is abused becomes an abuser. Like that is not how the fuck that happens. Does it happen? Yes. There are people who are, who are abused that go on to abuse. But there are also people who go on to live very productive lives that don't fuck with other people so it's not an excuse for the behavior to say well he was abused so were a lot of other fucking people who made the decision to not offend and to not be somebody that goes out here and becomes a part of the cycle of of abuse 
Fuck out of here with that. Not everybody that gets abused becomes an abuser. It's not now, true. Maybe that person took it out of context. We'll never know. Oh, because well, that, she... that person is the only one who mentioned it. Erica Badu came out and said, I love you unconditionally. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean I support your poor choices. I want healing for you and anyone you've hurt as a result of you being hurt. Is that strange to you? That's all I've ever said. Anything else has been fabricated or taken out of context. But what we're not going to do is put the pain of somebody that they offend with on the same level as the pain that got them there. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. It is not the same. You had an opportunity to heal, and you know what our society expects, and you made choices yep. to go against that expectation and choices not to address that pain. And when you put that on somebody else, you deserve whatever the fuck you get as it pertains to consequences. Yep. Even that, if that's if that's uh, that you lose your lifestyle, that you lose everything in your world, or that you. Uh, in the public, uh, the eye of public opinion, you become crucified. You deserve all of that shit if you didn't do what the fuck it takes to help yourself and you did more shit to hurt yourself and hurt other people. That so, I love you unconditionally, like... Well, I think that kind of shit is her mantra. Like, I don't think that shit really applies to R. Kelly specifically. I think that it applies to everybody because she made them similar comments about Hitler you know when when he was like she was like i mean he was a great artist and a great father apparently and all this shit you know but like at a certain point <laughs> at a certain point a person could have done so much damage that acknowledging them only seeks to humanize it he massacred hordes of people for no goddamn reason at all i don't give a shit if he was pablo picasso out here in these streets I don't give a shit if he was Heathcliff Huxtable to his children. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, what? That does not compute, Erica. No, it does not matter that he was a good father and potentially a good artist. When there are families that are still impacted by their ancestors having fucking numbers written on them, and being put in gas chambers and shit for no goddamn reason at all other than the fact that he felt like there was some kind of a superior race bitch bye bye because that just (laughs) and R. Kelly ain't the first person to have a documentary done on him Mm -mm. Um, but he seems to be the first that the documentary was such a strong campaign uh, against his behavior and well-evidenced uh, situations that everybody in his crew is coming out about it now. Not everybody, but people in his crew are coming mm-hmm. out about it. And the record labels are dropping him and people are censoring him and removing his music from things. You know, like, that shit was convincing and believable. Not because the person that created it was convincing and believable, but because he's done the shit in a lot of these instances. So, Erica Badu, man, she she stays saying some wild ass shit, man. I just, you know, this um, I don't really have. I had some other stories, but I don't really want to talk about them. But I did have something that I wanted to ask you. <laughs> okay. Because I see this 
said a lot. Have you ever taken a shower with uh, a woman? Yes. Who turned the water on? Who turned the water on? I don't remember. Was the it hot? hot ass shower? No. There is like this um, cliche, I guess, that women take extraordinarily hot showers. They do. But why wouldn't y'all take? I don't understand. Like hot showers, the water being hot feels good. It, it's relaxing, and it gets you. I feel like I get cleaner. No, you don't. What do you mean? You don't get cleaner because the water is hotter. Why not? Because what cleans you is scrubbing and exfoliating and soap. You yeah. can get the same clean with cold water yeah. as you can with well, hot water. Well, but have you ever had to scrub a dish and it wasn't working? And when you put hot water on there, it loosens it up a little bit well, better. Well, the body is different than uh, a dish. <laughs> Ma'am, you're talking about like substances that could be melted onto a plate. The water's not going to be hot enough to do that, though. And coming out of a shower. Well, what I'm saying is that don't make a difference for humans because what cleans your hair is the scrubbing of it. I don't, I don't do my hair in hot, extremely hot water because it has an impact on. Um, it, it makes my hair drier to do that. I don't do that with my hair. With my hair, it's going to be like warm, maybe cold water. But my body going to be hot water. Ask yourself this. Would you run the water that you run on yourself on a newborn baby? No, because they're made out of earlobe, as you always say. I wouldn't do anything I do on my skin. But there a is newborn. a temperature that you can run on a newborn baby that is fine, right? Yeah. I feel like that's the temperature we supposed to be fucking Babies with Babies don't do shit. The level of clean that you need to get a baby and the level of clean you need to get your grown ass is different. I'm not even talking... Listen, we not, at this point, we're not even talking about clean. We're talking about the levels that the bodies are naturally supposed to tolerate. If you're telling me that your body had to be conditioned to be able to tolerate the level of hot that you get but your it ass did. in... Yes, it did. Whatever temperature, if you wouldn't put it on a newborn baby, you ain't supposed to be handling that shit. But a newborn baby's skin is different. I wouldn't do a lot of stuff that I do on me to an, a newborn baby because they are, they don't, they're made of nothing when they get here. Like your skin, like you don't even use the same soap you use on them. Like you can't do a lot of the stuff that you do on the little bitty baby. But I, but I just, what I'm saying is. I don't. I believe that your body had to be conditioned for the temperature that you you fuck with. I don't think so. I believe it did. What is Them it? Them hot ass temperatures. If steam is coming up out your, your if you can, yeah. if you can warm up two whole rooms with the steam from your shower. That's how I get my hair. No, nah, like, you got a problem. But so here's the thing. So why is this something that women do? Because it isn't like my mom did not sit me down and say, okay, you take hot showers and your brothers don't. Like, that ain't... Why Why would I naturally be inclined to take warmer showers? Because the essence of women is being cleaner than men. <laughs> and I believe that women believe that the hotter some shit is, the cleaner you get. And I believe that that just becomes a part of women's natural grooming because all of that... 
that fucking that's toxic femininity it is not because women don't wash their hair in that same temperature water you can't because it makes your it will dry your hair out like you cannot that eat. goes back to me saying that there are components of our body that we naturally like you should be bathing yourself at a hair at a temperature that no, works hair, with your hair in your body my hair is different than my body i don't treat- well why would the body work in a way that your hair will get damaged from the temperature that you wash your body with. That don't make sense. Because your body and your hair are made out of different things. I don't use shampoo on my body. Like, I don't go buy shampoo and use it all over. I only use the shampoo for my hair because there are things in the shampoo that are made specifically for my hair. Come on now, Jen. Damn, I said your name. (laughs) But red. A hot ass shower, the temperature that you bathe is a luxury from the last fucking eighty to a hundred years. That's all I've known. I can't. But, speak. I, I, but, but I'm saying, well, you making it sound like it's necessary. What I'm saying is, it's not necessary, and it's a luxury for the current time. Okay. All what? throughout your black ass lineage, they've been taking cold ass fucking showers, bathing their ass in cold ass rivers, and washing their hair with cold ass water. Pour water on the. Nobody did that. Before we had running water, they boil water and put it in a tub. Well, maybe in the last hundred years, but before that, before tubs, before boiling, people didn't do that shit. Even if it's a luxury, I just want to understand why it is that men... Because I've taken showers with folks, and they've acted like it was lava coming. It's like, nigga, it's not even all the way up. It's not like I get in there and turn the thing all the way till it won't go no more. But it also isn't gonna be lukewarm. The fuck I wanna take a lukewarm ass shower for? It's not it don't have to be a lukewarm shower to be a a, a hot enough shower for a man to take. Y'all shit be scalding <laughs> damn near. That's why you wanna wash a baby with it, because you have to take his ass to the hospital afterwards. You don't do anything <laughs> that you do on a grown person to a baby. Like they 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 are just treated differently because they don't have I am merely referencing the body's natural propensity to exist with the same shit. If a baby can exist with it, we can exist with it. But a baby, if a baby stayed that way, they would not survive. Babies get tougher. All of that stuff changes. And with those changes come changes with how you should address shit, certain shit on your body. A baby's get the skin gets a little tougher. A baby's hair grows longer. A baby's nails actually become nails because them shits is just like nothing when they like all of that shit eventually changes for us to be able to survive outside of the womb. When they come out, they that's from them being in that environment. They your body adapts to this environment. And that's why all of the shit on a baby change their bones get stronger. All of that shit changes over time. So you have to address it differently. No, you don't. You do. We do, but you don't have to. <laughs> Everything that you can do to a baby when they born, you can still do it to them as an adult. Go. If you have to use, okay, listen, listen, what I'm saying is listen. No. If you have Go to buy use. buy some baby soap and use baby soap for a whole week and sweat <laughs> like a grown man does. And see if it's not a fucking difference between the shit we have to use for a baby because they can't have all of these things because their skin is sensitive. It's going to be completely different. Babies don't require as much because they just But what I'm saying is if if your baby can't tolerate fragrances and you don't use them, you can exist as an adult that don't have fragrant shit. 
I'm not saying Some that you. Do I'm not saying that you have to use baby shit when you're grown for the purpose. I'm saying what I'm saying is you can exist without as an adult without using their fragrances. Just like you can exist as an adult with the temperature that you could put on a baby as an adult. But if there are better ways, well, better is subjective. We just talked about <laughs> heat not having to do nothing with goddamn cleaning your ass. According to you, now I'm going to have to research this and see if the temperature of the water has anything to do with germs and all of that stuff. Because I feel like there is a reason why we use hot for to disinfect and all of that shit. There is a level of temperature that helps to get rid of some shit. Yes, of course. On surfaces, <laughs> when it comes to food and shit, it's bacteria. You got to be a filthy-ass human being to have bacteria growing on your ass. What we have on us are dead skin cells that we wash away. That's what we're washing away when we bathe, dead skin. And you don't have to have a hot-ass shower to do that. Furthermore, if you just let hot-ass water run on you like you would a dish, it would eventually get rid of all of that stuff if you just let hot water run long enough. Our bodies don't work that way either. We have to scrub. So the component of what cleans us is scrubbing, not the temperature of the shit. I don't know that that's. I'm, I'm, we're going to revisit this after I've done some further research because I just don't understand the difference in genders. Like, why this is it? And I've had this conversation with other men, and I'm just like, I don't understand why y'all are so against hot showers. I don't get Maybe it. it's because men traditionally, as a cultural thing, spend more time outside in the cold, and women haven't. And maybe women just haven't had a, a biological. Uh, a deeply inherited biological uh, tolerance for cold as shit as men. So our scale of cold is going to be different. For example, at Red Lobster, I could carry plates with my hands that were fucking so hot that if you touch your hand, you'll drop that shit. That's because my hands had to become habituated to it. You know what I'm saying? At a certain point, I could carry hot ass plates and other people couldn't. I think that it takes conditioning to do that. And I feel like women wholly have conditioned themselves to be able to tolerate hot ass water when the body naturally ain't supposed to be able to tolerate temperatures that high. We're going to revisit this after I do some research because I just don't believe that it doesn't have anything to do with anything. But again, this is a conversation. Oh, so I want the listeners. So if you are a man who takes hot showers, I want to know. Because I've never met one. Every man I've ever met is like, I don't know why women like the hot well, showers. My showers are hot for me. Well, but okay, if you've ever taken Listen, a shower. No, if you've ever taken a shower with a woman and felt like it was too hot, that's the determinant. Or I you, feel like I want to give you one of my thermometers. Why? For you to put in the shower to see how hot your shower is. Oh, okay. And I have I'll, a thermometer. See how hot your shower is. I'm okay. going to see how hot my shower is. Because I don't turn it all the way, but it's more on the hot than on the cold side because I ain't taking no lukewarm ass shower. I do that too. I don't take lukewarm showers either. But like, I've met people who take scalding hot ass showers. I can't. And well, the only thing saving your ass from boiling is your melanin. <laughs> <laughs> but white women do too like women in general are stereotyped to take hot showers more than men, if, men if, if women do that as a whole and men do that as a whole don't do that as a whole then it's something societal and or potentially cultural and biological like i said if men always spent their time outside in the cold then over time men ain't gonna 
be more likely or inclined to deal with colder temperatures and women maybe i don't know i don't know the difference i just know hot showers is a current luxury <laughs> so if we look at motherfuckers that exist across the motherfucking span of all time so is penicillin, penicillin or any other like modern things that we have now that we didn't have before that help us survive better like that's not an argument because we didn't have it before. We didn't have a whole lot of stuff before and niggas was dying. <laughs> We're talking about social dynamics. We ain't talking about medicine. <laughs> I'm just We're saying. We're talking about the ability for the human body to exist without hot showers. <laughs> we are not, if penicillin didn't exist, tuberculosis would have killed the fuck out of everybody. <laughs> well, I don't know. You don't think that, because like sometimes we build natural defenses of stuff just the way that animals do. So like over time, I think well, a lot of people would have died on the way there, but... That's because that's what kind of medicine penicillin was. It helped people build a natural immunity, and then we had end up having to get TB shots for that shit. They could make it into <laughs> something that helped us. I'm just saying there is a component of the body that naturally is supposed to naturally work. We can condition ourselves for a lot of shit. That's what lifting weights is. We condition ourselves to be able to lift heavier shit. Just like you can condition yourself to have hotter temperatures on your body that really don't do shit. But I feel like my mom gave us baths and hot water. Like, I just, I don't think That's that, how you became conditioned. Well, my brothers do the same shit. Though. Like, she bathed us all the same, so why would I stick to it and they wouldn't? Well, I mean, I, I didn't say that it's a man and a woman dynamic. I'm saying I think it's a family dynamic. I think the the mama that put their kids in scalding hot water <laughs> is just kids that like hot-ass water. <laughs> It wasn't scalding, but it was hot. Like she, it was. You could see the steam. And my sister said she put Clorox in her daughter' bath. Wait a minute. <laughs> it go back to that psychologically bullshit that make you think you be cleaner if you do certain shit. Clorox. She said she put a cap full. But Clorox. I'm just saying. Listen. I mean, we have irrational standards of what makes Jesus. us clean. That's one of them for my sister, man. Clorox. And I think harsh. being as hot as you possibly can. Without being in pain for you, is the same shit. Clorox. <laughs> wait until the first. Wait until you start to put your baby in hot water, and that motherfucker start crying and turning red. I'm not gonna put him in the again. I'm not gonna put them in the level. You is of water. one day. <laughs> you are one day, and you gonna see the hurt that he have, and you gonna be like, "What the fuck am I doing? Why am I causing this baby pain?" <laughs> See, you just don't remember them first times your mama put your ass in that hot-ass boiling water. It wasn't boiling. <laughs> you don't know. The only reason you know it wasn't boiling because you didn't get cooked. But it I was hot. I would have had it burns was up there. on me if that was the case. <laughs> you know how black ass can get burnt and beat and be relatively <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would have undetected. Like, I would have uh, scars from that if she had Barbie, if she had boiled water and put my ass in it. I would remember that, I feel like. She put y'all ass in some hot ass, hot ass water and y'all bodies believe that that's what you need to be clean. But William doesn't, William has said to me before like something about women in showers. So he don't take hot showers. Well, not like hot to probably what I do. And my, the same mom bathed us. He broke the mold. <laughs> I don't know about my other two brothers because I don't really talk to them niggas, but William doesn't for sure. So I need to see that we need, so measure your shower temperature. 
I won't measure my shower temperature. And we're but and here's the, the thing: different houses. That's another thing. Temperatures, as far as what, how hot your heat water heater gets, is gonna range from well, place to place too. Either way, I think that it's gonna get the temperature. I mean, because it ain't about the. I mean, it's about what your body will accept. My my hot water goes hotter than what my body will accept. Is yours? Or do you, I mean, do you turn it to 100% heat? I don't. Then that means that's too high for you, which means that your body still has a temperature that we can actually gauge. Yeah, it's a little before, like, all the way. Like, if you turned it all the way up and you needed more, then we wouldn't be able to get an accurate reading. (laughs) But if you put any cold in it, then we can get a reading of what your body temperature accepts and what my body temperature accepts. I want to know. Because I definitely start all the way hot. Question, this is my question for y'all. Do y'all men have you taken a shower with a woman and been surprised at how hot? Because I can't again. I guess hot is gonna be subjective. But have you taken a shower with somebody and it's been hotter than what you're used to? That would be a good way to gauge it because I don't know how else to. So I'm just curious because that seems to be the general consensus is that women take really hot showers. Mm-hmm. Would you? Well, no. Never mind. What? No. What I what? No, because you you already said um, um, countertops and stuff are different. That's what you was going to ask. Would you clean your kitchen with cold water? I would if I had to. Would you choose to clean your kitchen with cold water? No, because that's not how like bacteria and crud and those kind of things that build up work. I'm trying to... Uh, I'm trying to detox my kitchen when I do it. I have a scrub pad. I have Lysol wipes. I got all that shit when I'm fucking with my kitchen. Because shit gets stuck and caked up. That shit don't happen on the body unless you're an extremely filthy motherfucker. (laughs) You know? But that don't mean you need hotter water. That means you need to scrub harder. Hot water loosens stuff, though. Maybe it do, but not to the degree that it's necessary to damn near burn your life up <laughs> in order to get clean. Because what? like I said, <laughs> guess we just been some dirty motherfuckers all the time until the last hundred years. That's possible. <laughs> you possible. are really, really going to challenge all of time just to make you taking a hot ass shower no, sound right and make that sense. That doesn't, again... That you can say that about any of the advancements that we have made. Of course, we could do without it. We would, we were been doing without it. Most stuff, not even just talking about medicine. Most shit, sleeping on beds is a luxury. That we wasn't sleeping on them shits. Like any of the things, you can say that about anything. But see, I'm not talking about general luxuries. I'm talking about the natural propensities that the body has to survive with those things. If dealing with cold water was a problem and cleaning with cold water was a problem, we wouldn't be here. Why would we have started using cold, I mean, hot water? Why would we have started using what? Why would we have just continued with the shit? Clearly it feel better. Clearly diving into the pool is a fucking body shock. (laughs) <laughs> if you dive into a pool as a body shock until your body temp lowers down to that shit. But hot water is a body shock too. Did you know that when you take a hot ass shower, you're supposed to, to, to lower the temperature all the way down as cold as you can to close your pores back? Did you know that? I knew that. 
that kind of because that's why i don't wash my hair in completely hot water because it opens up the pores of my hair and so i don't do that with my hair that's the reason why i don't i never wash my hair in completely hot water and actually when i like i just dyed it again i rinse it in cold water i hated that shit but i have to rinse it in cold water to keep to close the pores up so the red won't leak out that's how i keep my hair red so i did know that but i mean for my body <laughs> i'm just saying that that is a representation that our bodies have been made to deal with lower temperatures than hotter temperatures it's clear though that warmer temperatures in those endeavors just feels better i don't like what? walking out i don't like walking even though cold ass rain Will, will clean me if I scrub well enough. <laughs> it don't. I don't want to take a cold shower. Okay? But why is it so hard for you to believe that there could be health benefits to taking a warmer shower? Like, why do you think that it just isn't possible that that could be the case? I never said it's not possible. You are saying, you're like it's all it's all about just the fact that it it feels better. That's why we started doing that, or that's why we still continue to do it. There could be health benefits to it. I think you're missing my argument. My argument is that our bodies aren't prepared for high enough temperatures that a lot of women deal with when it comes to the shower. Our bodies weren't made for that. You got to be conditioned for that. That's all I'm saying. Our bodies have to be conditioned for that. I'm not saying maybe it is a health benefit. But it ain't one that I can do tomorrow. <laughs> it would take me years to be able to deal with temperatures that hot. Why would I need to put my body through that kind of shock? <laughs> and what kind of benefit would my body get? So if I took three years to condition my body to be able to deal with 10 degrees more temperatures. Why would it take three years for you to do that? It's <laughs> a long you- time. Shock. It's first of all. You could put a shower on the hottest temperature. I don't think it would take me three years to like for me to get conditioned to turn it all the way to hot. Uh, three years? It would take a long time. <laughs> it would take a long time. But the same thing for somebody who work in like the goddamn freezer section. If somebody been working in the freezer yeah. section for Walmart for twenty years, do you know that they? It'll be easy to get a hot shower for them that's acceptable for their body, but it'll take a long ass time for them to be able to get to a high degree of temperature, especially if they still work in that environment. Like that's how our bodies work. Like it, it's we conditioned to accept what our bodies can. The same way you can't put a baby in a Walmart freezer, you can't put that motherfucker in the water you shower Babies in. Babies are not good examples because they're made of nothing. <laughs> Their skin is not, it's not to the, it's not, they're not the same. When you get here and what you are today, nothing like at all. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Your skin's different. Everything is different. Your lungs, you got solid but bones the temperature and shit. that that baby can deal with <laughs> is a temperature that you can get clean with. Anything hotter than that ain't necessary. It's just not necessary. You don't know what makes you say that. What makes me say that? Yeah, because why wouldn't we just continue to bathe in the same shit that we do with babies if if it's not necessary? Because because no, there's no universal way of knowing what everybody clean babies in. It's just no universal way. Yeah, but it's got to be a lower... Because, again, they're so sensitive to everything. And so you don't want it to be cold, but I feel like you also don't want to scald their little body so i feel like it i feel like there will be a more universal sense for a baby than for an adult because adults it, 
it's the I feel like the scale would be way more lopsided for an adult than for a baby. I think universally you're going to get somewhere that's actually I think you're supposed to is it your elbow? You put your elbow in because that's one of the more sensitive areas of your body to test the water. Is that right? I have no idea. Moms, I feel like I've heard that. Let me know. Right. I feel like all babies, all babies that are born mm -hmm. can deal with the same range of temperature. I don't know. What if they're preemies? You're bringing out motherfucking sideways variables. That's not sideways. A lot of kids are born prematurely. Their skin is not as developed. That's why they have to be in a little incubator and be cooked. I still feel time. like all babies that come out can deal with a range around whatever the inside of their fucking mama is. <laughs> Anything lower than that, they gonna fucking die. Anything higher than that, they gonna fucking die. But as a baby, we come out with a regular general ass temperature that we can deal with to survive. All I'm saying is that temperature is we could use that for the rest of our lives. Now, in order for that baby to deal with colder temperatures, they got to be in fucking, they got to be wrapped up three times if they in the goddamn Alaska. Yes. Until their bodies get accustomed to that shit as they grow. Or if they in the fucking Sahara, they got to be butt naked out here <laughs> and their bodies are eventually going habituate to it. Part of that, though, again, you cannot use babies. Part of that is their body actually has to make fucking changes in order for that to happen. It's not just <laughs> them getting used to the cold. Their thin actually toughens up. Like, it, there are physical changes that happen. Babies are not a good example. They have to make physical but changes saying, to adapt. I'm, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know those physical changes do happen, but in order, and they have to. Happen. But in order to deal with temperatures outside of their birth, no matter how old they get, it has to come with a level of conditioning. You don't become 13 and just now be able to deal with 10 degrees higher because your skin thick. You still have to be habituated to those temperatures. You got to go up one degree, two degree, three degree, four degree to get to that point. But, but if you never change from the temperature that you can deal with as a baby, it would never cause you problems. That's not possible, though. What's not possible? To never deal with the temperature outside of when you were a baby. Yes, it is. How? It's called not putting the shower hot on, all the way onto the right. It's taking it to a combination the of cold. The weather fluctuates. The where you live might fluctuate. Right now, if you move to New York, right now, you are not gonna be able to tell your boss, I gotta habituate to this cold. Like I gotta Wait, cut listen, you, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you but I get to, to put on the biggest sweater <laughs> and two pairs of socks and shit that gets my body temperature to what is acceptable for me. I can create the surrounding of my body that gives me that. Not to enough where it's going to be the equivalent of cold down here. It ain't going to be the equivalent. Regardless of how much clothes you put on, your body is still not going to be used to that level of cold. Of course not. But I can adjust for that. I can adjust for that <laughs> on my body before my body's natural predisposition is going to change. Like motherfuckers in New York are just going to be able to deal with the temperature. I'll never be able to deal with the damn temperature. I can live in New York for 10 years and come down here and my body rehabituate to Alabama weather immediately versus it habituating to it in New York or Chicago. It take it, it ain't a quick process. It took you it took you this many years to habituate to the humidity and to the temperatures of the place that you live in. And when you go somewhere new, it's shit don't change overnight. 
Yeah, but, because a part of what we do is we keep ourselves from allowing it to habituate because I wear thicker hats, I wear thicker coats, I wear thicker sweaters, and my body don't habituate fast because I can't tolerate it cold as the people who live in that area can tolerate it. You can. This is unpleasant. You're not going to go out and have hypothermia. You just ain't going to like it. It's not like you're going to physically have some kind of reaction to being in New York cold. But you unless I'm homeless, like I don't have to go out there <laughs> like that. I can actually buy shit that makes me as warm as I'd like to be. <sighs> <laughs> we need to call this shit pointless debate. <laughs> That's what we need to call this shit. Like every time we do this, we just need to call this shit pointless debates. Yeah, because it has no point at all. <laughs> I just saw, I think I saw a meme, and I was like, why do men always say that women take hot showers? Like, it's not, I just don't understand, like, it being such a shock to a man when he get in the shower, like, God damn, why is this? It's like, what? It's just warm water. Like, yeah. I, like it's lava coming out, the shit is going to burn your skin off. Pointless debates. <laughs> Pointless debates. Pointless gonna debates. Be the theme music? And we're gonna come up with a theme. I'm gonna come up with a theme music for it before we have a fucking pointless debate. <laughs> I don't have any other stories. <laughs> that was it. All I don't right. even know what time we're at. We are over. <laughs> like a motherfucker. Sorry. It's all good. But anyway, uh you got anything else on your mind? I don't. Well, until we kind of next conversation, we out. Holla.